This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Now, while we have had many conversations about the turmoil surrounding Toronto's upcoming municipal election, let's talk about a neighboring race that could not be more different. I'm talking about Mississauga. And last night, Mayor Bonnie Crombie kicked off her re-election campaign. She has only two challengers, both of whom got less than 1% of the vote last time. And Bonnie Crombie joins me now. Hello, Mayor Crombie. How are you this morning, Libby? I guess it's lunchtime. I'm it's, terrific. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Uh, so when you look around at what's happening in Toronto, do you think, well, thank goodness? <laughs> well, for the record, I think there are seven challengers, but none, oh, of, them sorry? Have held ele- ha- none of them have held elected office previously. Um, but nonetheless, you've got to earn the vote. You've got to get the respect of the people each and every day. Um, that's right. Uh, but I'm also uh, looking at uh, the turmoil in Toronto and the province. Uh, do, you, do you worry about what might happen in Mississauga in terms of maybe reducing the size of your council or anything like that? Certainly, you know, I'm focused on, on Mississauga and moving us forward. Um, we don't have any indication from the provincial government on any changes as of yet. I understand they're going to, they're going to be looking at regional governance. They announced that at the uh, AMO Convention Association of Municipalities of Ontario, and I'm prepared for that. Um, they did make one move that I was quite happy about, frankly, eliminating the elected chair, which we have a strong mandate, a vote on our council, that we were opposed to to that elected chair because uh, of a whole bunch of reasons. It would put an elected, well, it would cost taxpayers more money. Let's start there. And it would put an elected person above my head. So with their own agenda, which I felt could conflict with the Mississauga agenda. So, of course, I wanted a strong mandate from the people of Mississauga to move us forward, whether it be in Mississauga or at the Region Appeal. Can you uh, remind me how many people are on Mississauga Council? There are 11 councillors and myself, so there's a total of 12 of us. And I would describe us as very respectful, very high-functioning. We work cooperatively, we collaborate, and my, my style of leadership is very consensus-building. I ask for their opinion, we collaborate, and we work together. We put our differences aside, and we do what's be- in the best interests of our city. So not everyone always agrees, but you always have a fair shot if you can make a compelling argument that it's in the best interest of the city. Yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, doing uh, some quick mental math, uh, which is not my strong suit. So that means uh, 700,000 people in Mississauga. Almost 800,000, actually. Almost, okay, hmm. so that means that you represent... Uh, you Probably know, about sixty-five, seventy thousand, maybe up to eighty thousand. There are some wards that have a hundred thousand, and there are some that have sixty. 
Right. And uh, some that are very large, highly populated in the downtown. Ward 5 is, is very large, both geographically and by population. Uh, I would say the downtown wards are 100,000, Ward 5 probably about 80,000. And then the southern wards, the older part of Mississauga around Lakeshore, probably 50,000, 60,000 each. And uh, do you see that there's a problem taking care of a ward with 100,000 people? I'll tell you that we are closest to the people. We are the the nuts and bolts, the bread and butter. And when residents need a politician level of government to to call, to contact, they contact us. They contact their municipal government. They know their councillors. They know them by name. They feel very comfortable calling, whether it's because their trash wasn't picked up, their snow wasn't removed, or their leaves weren't cleared. Any of those issues, they're very familiar with calling us. So we're more hands-on. They often call us on... Uh, federal or provincial matters, too, and we try to direct them to the right level of government. If it's a visa issue, call your federal member. If it's an education issue, call your provincial member. So we do, we are that call center for our residents. So, you know, it it, it is true that we do handle uh, more resident uh, issues than they do with the federal and provincial member, and I can can say so with um, definitively because I was a federal member, so I know the kinds of calls that came into the office, and they're very specific specific about usually usually immigration issues uh, right so so I, I get that and uh, that's the argument that's being used in Toronto uh, against having wards with a uh, hundred thousand people or more in them so what what I'm asking you is that do you feel that a ward with that many people is well served by one councillor And are you worried that the province might reduce the numbers so that uh, it ends up like Toronto, where there will be at least 100,000 in every ward? I'm not going to speak to the issues they're facing in, in uh, Toronto. You know, certainly we have a whole set of issues here in Mississauga. Um, it, I just will say that it is very demanding and that I hope that if the provincial government undertakes any changes that will affect Peel Region or affect Mississauga, that there's consultation and stakeholder engagement. Of course, we want to be engaged with the provincial government. We want to be consulted and we want to collaborate with them. You know, I have been out there talking about a new deal for cities and I feel that it's very important the cities control their own destiny. Um, I think that's very important. Yeah, a lot of people think that's very important and, and that uh, perhaps the issues surrounding, uh, you know, what the government would call dysfunction have more to do with the lack of power than, than the exact numbers. Well, the new premier as well talked about more power for mayors. Um, and, you know, that's something that has to be considered when we sit down and talk about the New Deal. Um, you know, we, we look at the way the Constitution is written, and we are creatures of the province, uh, after all. Uh, and we like to say that we can't build and we can't govern 21st century cities with 19th century tools. And that goes from everything from governance to the way the revenue tools are structured. I mean, our, our sources of revenue are very limited. They're limited to, of course, our property taxes. And, and I ask you, Libby, how much can you in- increase property taxes each year? They can't be more than the rate of inflation. But yet you want to build a world-class city, so you need to keep investing in programs and services that people continue to want. For instance, last year we added 46,000 hours to our public transit network, our MyWay buses. So, of course, we had to make strategic investments, but where did that money come from? Came, come from? It came from savings. 
we found $4 million in savings through lien, and a lot of that money was reinvested. Uh, so uh, once again, the, the revenue tools cities have are property taxes, gas tax money, uh, development charges, if you have Greenfield and you're still building, like many, many communities in the 905 still are, and then government transfers. And then once again, when it comes to large aspirational projects, for instance, my light rail transit along here on Ontario, those large capital infrastructure projects, they can't be built on our budgets. Our budgets are designed to provide community centers, rec programs, uh, arenas, pools, services for our residents, but not large capital projects. Our budgets aren't designed um, to handle those. There's a huge infrastructure gap, as you know, in Mississauga, it's almost $300 million each year. So, so let, me, let me just ask you, uh, you know, uh, the province wants to take over the, the TTC. Would you be amenable? What do you think if the province would want to take that over? Or do you just want the tools to be able to raise the money? for it. So certainly, um, you know, at some point, um, it, at some point, it may make sense to look at a sort of regional, uh, a regional transit authority, so that transportation is seamless uh, throughout the entire GTA area, affecting six million people. But right now, we all have our own, our own systems, so that we operate as as efficiently as we can. It, I'll tell you that it's very expensive to operate them, and you know, I know that the new premier. Um, he loves to build subways, and that's great, and he can build one to our doorstep, but I couldn't even afford to either build or operate one. You need a lot of density for that. So certainly if they were to upload the TTC, that would take the operating costs uh, off, the, off the city's books, and I can see that that would be a big advantage uh, to them. Our LRT would be like a surface subway. Yep. Um, but certainly it would be a lot more cost-effective. The economics, Libby, are that uh, our LRT is about $1.4 billion to build. If we were to raise it, like a monorail, it would be four times the cost. And if you were to bury it and create a subway, which we can't afford, uh, it's seven times the cost. So you can imagine how costly these kinds of infrastructures are to build. And Mississauga, we always try to be cost-effective uh, and find savings. And, uh, and so we chose the most cost-effective way of, of uh, providing uh, more public transit to our residents, and we chose the, the surface subway, the LRT, to move people across Mississauga. 20 kilometers of track, 22 stops, and we're very, very proud of it. We're, we're hoping to start building um, next, excuse me, next spring. And what are the other issues that you see in your election? That's a great question. Um, so certainly transit, transportation, infrastructure are the key issue. And those are the same issues that mayors, large and small, right across the country face. Um, affordability issues. And of course, we are always trying to keep our taxes low. Our taxes are lower than the average in the GTA. And we're very, very proud of that. And as I told you, we're always trying to find savings. Toronto's are a little lower, but they have different taxation ability than any other municipality has, so I understand that. So it, transportation, infrastructure, um, I, I would say job creation, um, uh, job creation, economic development, community safety has been an issue, and then uh, affordable uh, housing, and affordable housing is a huge issue. So for us, it's getting more inventory. In Toronto, it's inventory for them, but it's also rehabilitation of the current stock of inventory. Um, the other infrastructure 
infrastructure project I'd love to mention to you is our key ask for government going forward is what we call the missing link. And it's all-day, two-way, go train service on our Milton line. So Lakeshore, they have 30-minute service. People in Mississauga, often, if they're working in Toronto they or they're going to a Blue Jays game in Toronto, they get on the Lakeshore, on the Lakeshore go train. On the Milton line, people in Toronto need to come to work in Mississauga, and they can't do it because that train runs the wrong direction. It picks people up in Mississauga, takes them to work in Toronto. And that's the traditional... Um, the traditional direction of the flow of, of business. But the reverse is true today. We're actually a net importer of jobs. Mm-hmm. The more people start and end their day in Mississauga or drive in to work in Mississauga than drive out. So people in Toronto and surrounding communities need to come to Mississauga to work. I'm thinking about those millennials that live in Liberty Village and <laughs> need to come to work in the life sciences up in Pill Hill in Mississauga and Meadowvale. We need to get them to work. So we need that train to go to the other direction. And we need it to go all day long, not just in the morning Any, and back home going at night. Anywhere from yeah. Liberty so Village, anyway, exactly. is a big challenge. <laughs> it's like you, you, you forget it. Walk. Exactly. <laughs> we need to get the freight train traffic off the Milton Line and move it up to the top of the city to open up the Milton Line for commuter traffic, and that's critical for us. So the new government and the federal government are going to be hearing a lot about the missing link from myself, not only Mississauga, Brampton, Cambridge, Waterloo, Milton, and even in Toronto because that that train line goes right through into Toronto as well. Um, and in fact, the train that derailed in Lake Megantic took that same CP line, oh, southern well. CP line, right through the Milton track through Toronto up and out. Okay. So it would take dangerous cargo off the streets in the most populated areas, too. I mean, this is a win-win for everyone. It's like a surface subway again, using our GO train line to be efficient to, to for travel right across the GTA. Okay, Mayor Bonnie Crombie, thank you so much for being <laughs> with thank us. Thank you, Libby. Thank and you best for this of opportunity. Luck. Okay. Great to hear from you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.